think it's a, an unusual hobby. Do I think it's unusual? Not, not around here. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's the 12th episode of the third series of After the Fact, our weekly trivia quiz game here on Claremars Community Radio. Thank you for tuning in, however you've done so. I am John Nolan, your host for this evening's quiz. Here's a new word for your next table quiz. Quizzer. John Nolan is a quizzer, someone who has a thirst for knowledge and likes showing it off at table quizzes. Anyway, good evening everyone and thank you for joining us. Now we've got four excellent players here this evening and two of them, exactly half, are making their debuts. So let us go John is a quiz king in a small west of Ireland town, Clare Morris, County Mayo. July the 12th. Oh. <laughs> yes, oh, it's good for yeah, two points. Nice. He has a weekly show yeah, on the community yeah, station that broadcasts just five miles around the town. He spends four hours a week preparing for the show. But what name refers to 12 dozen? Is it A, a score, B, a gross, or C, a dues? But he has greater ambitions, not just national, but international ones. He's going to the European Quiz Championships in Liverpool which all sounds good, but he's made one serious mistake in his preparation. A theatre in Brisbane and viola. So here's a quiz question only you can answer. The question is this. Is John Nolan a winner or a loser? Twelfth night. Every year they'd have a little quiz in the school and I entered this as a laugh, but I actually came second in the whole school. I guess I would have been eight, maybe. So then I do other quizzes and I do well in them. So I get a sense of achievement from that. So I feel like doing more quizzes. The quizzes becomes the thing I like doing. Uh, so that's what it is, isn't it? On the flip side, you know, I used to try and play football and I wasn't very good at it. So you end up that I gave up playing football about the age of 14, you know, because I wasn't going to persevere. <laughs> I was invited to a wedding of a friend of mine from Ireland who was living in Britain. And it turned out his wedding service was actually only about an hour's drive from the World Quizzing Championship. So I said to him, look, I'm going to go over for your wedding. Your wedding is my priority. But I'm thinking of going, leaving very early in the morning on the day of the wedding, driving down to Litchfield, doing the quiz, and then getting back in the car and rushing back up for the wedding. How did your friend take this when you told him? Well, luckily, he's a friend uh, who I would consider a quizzing acquaintance, and he was involved in quiz teams with me in college in Galway. So he was fine with that. So anyway, myself and another friend of ours headed to Litchfield very early in the morning, got there in time for the start of the World Quizzing Heat, did it, quick as we could, didn't even stay to get our scores, actually, and back out into the car and back to the wedding. And we arrived three minutes before the bride. Everyone turning around looking expectantly at the door, and it was us. The, the quizzers. The, yeah, the quizzers. <laughs> when we were in school, we used to get given this kind of warning lecture by the teachers, which was always along the line of, now some of your friends might say they're not working at all for the Leaving Cert, but don't you believe them, because they're going home studying a couple hours a night probably so if you fall into the trap of believing this line just because they're being cool you will suffer 
But if I told people I wasn't studying, it was the genuine honest truth I wasn't studying. Now, that affected me in college. I went to university and there was no one really making you go to class anymore. So unfortunately, my previous methods didn't translate to very good results in college, frankly. Uh, question eight. Uh, what is the three-word name? Uh, what is the three-word name uh, of the city that's the main setting for the animated series Futurama? Is there anything that you find frustrating about table quizzes? Questions that are just flat out wrong. For example, you know, uh, what is the only man-made item visible from space? Right? Now, there is no man-made item visible from space is the actual answer, you know. Someone back in 1910 wrote a book where they were, when no one had yet been in space and said that the Great Wall of China was visible from space. And it's taken this foothold in culture that it's assumed to be an actual fact, but it's not. Answer 19. The person who, was the, who became the first boxer to earn more than $100 million in purse is Sugar Ray Leonard. I actually nearly saw a fight at a quiz one time when they asked, in what year did the Irish Free State come into being, come into existence? And it is a, it's a terrible question to ask because there's a lot of debate about whether it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day of 1922. Turned out the Civil War wasn't gone because the <laughs> proponents of both theses stood up and started heckling back it over at each other at this quiz. This is our studio number one, the biggest studio in the, in, in, in the building. Yeah, this, is where we'll, this is where the quiz show will be taking place later. John is in his mid-thirties. He's from Roscommon, he's married and has a young daughter. Now this is Studio 3, which is... And it's also a bit of a storage closet, as you can see. John works three days a week in Claremore's community radio. The rest of the time, he looks after his daughter and seeks out quizzes. Marion Clark with a silent E at the end of it. Hello, Marion. Good evening and welcome to our show. Thank you very much. John's weekly radio quiz has two team captains. One of them is Andrew Newman. John is a man full of facts. He can give you facts about anything at all, ever. He's an amazing brain. I don't know how he remembers it all, but that's why he's good at quizzes then. And an insatiable amount of knowledge. Is he a sponge? Perhaps he's a sponge. A sponge, yes. When you read the book or watching TV or something, do you think about, oh, well, this will make, if I remember this fact, it'll help me for a quiz? Or do you, can you just enjoy them whatever you're reading for what it is? If I'm reading something about, you know, Italian Renaissance painters, I'm just reading about Italian Renaissance painters. I'm not thinking this might come up sometime. I'll tell you, the only time I ever think that thought is when I encounter something I've been ignoring. For example... X Factor ends. I might make a point of finding out the name of the winner because I'll be going, this is bound to be asked at a quiz at some point. And I have shown zero interest in this so far. So I really ought to have that bit of information in my head. All knowledge is valuable. All knowledge may be valuable, but all knowledge is not equal. John is one of the top quizzers in Ireland, but the knowledge you need to do that well in Ireland won't take you very far if you want to compete internationally. You go to an Irish quiz, you're going to need to know your GA knowledge. You're going to know your who's the junior minister for agriculture and food, fisheries and whatever. You go to international quizzes and it's more like, who was the Greek god of this? You know, which politician was the first to sign the American Declaration of Independence? 
and John does want to compete abroad. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? It is, yes, yes. Which country are you with? Belgium. You're with Belgium. This is Liverpool and the European Quiz Championships. It is full-on brain-busting quizzes of the like you've never seen before. Which common laboratory and industrial chemical is also used as a coagulant in products like tofu? You may also answer with a hydrate that is the main source of this chemical. Well, some people would call the Nerd Olympics. You get consumed by it the same way that some people have to dance or some people have to sing, you know. We have to sort of consume facts and then share them. In his new system of chemical philosophy, who stated that if two elements form more than one compound between them, then the ratios of the masses... Of the people here are very, very competitive. This is a sport. It's not an entertainment format here. These people train um, and they really, really want to win. Which film directed by Hungarian-American director Nimrod Antin stars Dane DeHaan, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich and Kirk Hammett? It's, it's so great in the world of... Google and instant gratification. Oh, I wonder what this is, let me Google it. To have people who are still interested in acquiring knowledge for knowledge's sake. There are 16 landlocked countries in Africa, most of which are located in two clusters, 10 in a Central and Eastern African cluster and four in a South African cluster. They would form the biggest cluster in the world if the one country that connects both clusters did not have a very narrow coastline. Which country? It's more than a hobby, it's a life, it's a method of life. This town was part of a maritime republic until 1699, when it was offered at the Treaty of Karlovitz to the Ottoman Empire. We send people home with their brains dribbling out of their ears after spending nearly three days quizzing constantly. Okay, so it's pretty packed schedule. Uh, Friday, welcome and introductions at four o'clock. 4.15, the national teams and aspirations. The Nations Cup is the most prestigious event of the weekend. Your rivals aren't just teams from other countries, it's your compatriots. Question number five. Also known as Ichor, this mineral is composed of 42% phosphorus, 32% iron, 15% calcium, 5% copper, 2.5% silica, and 1.5% is unknown. Man, these are heavy. <laughs> John is captain of the Ireland B team. I don't think anybody enjoyed that round, lad. They're not here to win, they're here to beat the Dubliners. Our goal, which we are not succeeding in right now, is to beat the other Irish B team. I have heard the results after the first round. But Ireland B are slow out of the blocks. The Dubliners 8, Ireland B 5. Oh man, we're struggling to get past 5. <laughs> Question number 1. Ireland B can see the Dubliners up ahead. Yay! Right, let's hope we're right. It's the opposite of They start to close the gap, but as they give chase, they trip themselves up. Oh, my God. 
You went the wrong way, man. We went the wrong way. But Ireland B are nothing if not a team. Here, I've got a good fact I've come back with. In the last round, R6. I, I have enough facts to do me for R, a while. R6 was the highest Irish score in the last round. Yes, good. Excellent. Yes. We're 17, they're 19. Oh, we're only two behind them. Good. That will motivate us. Question number eight. Where in Poland, on the river Mogat, would you find this castle built from brick by the Teutonic Knights in the 13th century? As they turn into the home stretch, Ireland B are within touching distance of the Dubliners. the UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1997. Oh, wait, this is the most difficult quiz. You'll do all year. Friday night of the European. Which canonized German abbess and doctor of the church, 1098 to 1179, Racing for the finish line, Ireland B and the Dubliners are neck and neck. There's a woman called Danica Patrick, and she's yeah, yeah, a NASCAR yes. race, that's her. Yes. That's a get, right there on record, a get. Ireland B dive across the line. The Dubliners, 41. Ireland B, 43. Blind and death, 97. And that feels like a victory. Dan from the Dubliners puts a brave face on their defeat. Well, naturally, you want to beat uh, the other Irish lads so that, uh, you know, you can uh, have bragging rights. We were happy enough with how we did, could have done better. There's always a few that got away. Um, but I think enough, enough pride was salvaged that, uh, you know, we won't have to endure too much slagging on the way home. As long as we beat the Dubliners, that's the main thing, and that makes the weekend worthwhile now for the likes of the countries, for the Mayo men here. It's great. At least Mayo got one back on the dubs. Mission accomplished. Mission, mission accomplished. During each quiz, Jane Allen and her team need to record 200 competitors' results from each round. Six, six, four, no D, 14A, eight. There's a query on one of the answers submitted by a Norwegian competitor. 38 whatever the Norwegian is for that answer. Mosque. Well, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, it's a name in Arabic. So what have they got? Yeah, Do they put the dome on the In Norwegian, which may be Clifford Doman, it says in Norwegian. Oh, no, that, that's the Dome of the Rock, which is yeah. on the same site, oh. but it's not the same thing as the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Uh, Ingrid Sandelarsen from Norway. This is uh, my daughter, Elisa. She's uh, five months Elisa. old. Suddenly one day I decided to take part in one of the individual quizzes and it was quite hard, uh, quite a brutal meeting with the quizzing world, but uh, there were lots of nice people, so I got recruited to a team. It's the first girl I met on quiz. <laughs> we had one on the team who needed a break because he had a PhD to finish in astrophysics. And I asked the other ones, who do we want as a replacement? Who should I ask? I named three people including Ingrid, and I said, Ingrid, 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 we want Ingrid. And I still am part of the team with uh, Hoidal, my husband here, and uh, yeah. Can I ask you, did you meet through that? Yeah, yeah, we did. He is one of the uh, most active in the quizzing uh, scene, he's on the national team. Ingrid had only been uh, twice at the quiz at that time, but she had made an impression. <laughs> Can I ask you what kind of impression she made on you? 
on me. And now we had a, we had a, for, for instance, a slow start, but uh, it has grown, and now she's some sort of female goddess for me. <laughs> what first attracted you to your partner? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to answer that. Uh, well, uh, it, it helps uh, having the same uh, passion for cuisine, I can say. Yeah. After 15 hours of straight quizzing, John and the rest of the quizzers hit the town. <laughs> They're in the pub, but not for a chat. For another quiz. A fun quiz. The sideways spinal curvature which the body of Richard III and Sam oh, yeah. Which <laughs> biblical king of Salem, mentioned in Genesis and frequently in the letter to the Hebrews, gives his name to a champagne bottle equal to 40 standard bottles? Jeroboam. No, it's um, Melchizedek or something like that. Melchizedek. Melchizedek. It's a bit like a casino. There's no windows. We have no idea what time it is. We just keep going. It's very, it's very early. It's only one o'clock. It's very early. My name is Leslie Shannon. I was born in America, but I live in Finland, and I've been there for the last ten years. Um, what do you tell your fam or what do your family and friends say when you tell them you're going to the European Quiz Championships for three days? <laughs> well, it's it's they expected of me. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's my kids say, Mom knows everything, so uh, I try to I try to live up to that. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your uh, quizzing history. Yeah, um, uh, in 1992, I was a uh, um, undefeated winner on the American game show Jeopardy. This is the Jeopardy Million Dollar Masters Tournament. Here are our first group of semi-finalists. A manager of a research lab from Sydney, Australia, Leslie Shannon. I was um, unusual because I was a young woman. I was 27 at the time, and most undefeated champions on Jeopardy are men in their 40s or 50s. And so, yeah, I think that's why they like to have me back, because I'm a little bit strange. <laughs> um, can you tell me the experience of uh, being the undefeated champion and what that felt like? It was magnificent, you know, just completely unbelievable. Because, of course, in Jeopardy, the, um, the main prize is cash. To be handed a huge wadge of cash when you're 27, it's given me um, a huge amount of self-confidence. I actually wish every young woman in the world could be handed a huge wadge of cash at 27, because then she would stand a whole lot taller. It certainly worked for me. <laughs> Can I ask you how you spent some of your winnings? Um, yeah, a trip to Japan was the very first thing that I did. I had always wanted to go there, and that was the first thing I did. And I bought a, an MX-5, <laughs> so a two-seater convertible. <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> Category geography. Here's the question. Each team will need to write it down while I sing the Jeopardy song. <laughs> okay. This island has been ruled by Phoenicians, Romans, Arabs, Normans, French, and British. 
The fun quizzes go on late, very late, which has an effect on the competitions the next day. It's morning time and John is getting ready for the pairs event. This is a very, this thing we don't do in Ireland very much. This is two people. It's a team of two. I, I can't really spell out pairs anymore. <laughs> Succinctly than that. And we're just coming up to 10 a.m., which would be the start of the pair event. And I'm paired, I'm paired up with uh, Mark Henry from Tullamore. We hopefully will have a compatible, mutually beneficial set of quiz knowledge. How are you feeling about the event? Uh, I'm feeling it'll be fun. I'm, I'm feeling I'm a bit tired. Might take me a round or two to get the brain warmed up. But. What time did you finish quizzing last night? Oh, Ed, I, I left early. I left around 2 a.m. It was still going on as I left. My roommate has told me he's not getting up for the pairs this morning because he was at the quizzing till 4 o'clock. They drew a line under the 4 a.m. Round 16 or something. They said that's enough. In this quiz, the questions aren't read out. Instead, they're given out on sheets. Is a fleeker, isn't it? Yeah. B-O-U-T-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-F-I-E-
while runner-up playoffs are taking place, the finalists are sitting around the room waiting for their turn. One of these is a former Mastermind winner. He's sitting against a radiator reading a book. My name's Jesse Honey. Uh, I'm 36. I live in London. I'm a town planner. And uh, I've been doing quizzes for about 10 years. But I think this is going to be my last one. Uh, why do you say that? Well, I've got, it's, it's quite a big commitment to do quizzes, particularly if you're kind of at the higher level. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have got quite good at it recently. And um, I've been competing at the sort of top level. But the amount of time you need to, to keep at the top once you're there, uh, I've got, you know, a three-year-old son. I've got another one on the way. So it's probably time to start concentrating on other parts of my life. I see you've got a, a book in front of you. Yes. Um, are you preparing for something at the moment? No, so what I'm doing is, um, now that I've decided to give up quizzing, um, if, not, if not temporarily, then maybe permanently, uh, I need something else to, to do with my time that's a bit less demanding, and so I'm going to get back into reading, because what tends to happen is, I've obviously always liked reading, I don't think anyone who likes quizzes couldn't like reading, but I've been doing so much quizzes, I don't even have time for reading, so it kind of negates the original purpose of doing it. Uh, so I've missed out on 10 years of great books and uh, I'm going to make up for that in the next few years. John Nolan still has his passion for quizzes. He hosts them in venues and on the radio, he competes in them and he also blogs about quizzes. Actually, the blog came about less from passion and more from frustration. We were asked a question at the County Council, Clare County Council Social Club quiz and um, the question asked was, what is a Rhode Island Red? Now, a Rhode Island Red is... Do you know, Brendan? Uh, Rhode Island Red? Um, I don't. It's a variety of chicken. Oh. Okay? Simple as that. I wrote down chicken. We got marked wrong by the correctors. So I actually went up and I asked, what went wrong? We think we got nine in that round and you've given us eight. Only because we were actually kind of in contention. If we were well behind or well ahead, I wouldn't have bothered anyone. And they said, we weren't looking... You said chicken. That's wrong. We want hen. No, I don't know what planet these people live in, but a hen is just a female chicken. And I know there's no such thing as a Rhode Island Red as a specific female, you know, sex of a bird. So I said to them, but it, 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 uh, I, was, I was flabbergasted. I mean, I actually couldn't express what had happened. You know, how is this? So said, but it is a chick chicken, a hen, a chicken, a chicken. No, look, deal with it. A hen is a hen and a chicken is a chicken. And that was like the line was drawn under the... So I went home and I was a bit vexed, I suppose. So the next day, like I said, it was 2009. I thought, I need to say this somewhere. I need to do something about this. If I was a person in, of another attitude, I might have rang a certain radio show, maybe the one that's on RT1 at you know, 1.45 p.m. But I'm not like that. So I actually decided I'd publish a little article about summer. but then where would you do and how would you do it? So I actually created a blog there and then, that article about that incident was the genesis of my website, which is tablequiz.net. And that ran then, it was my, me kind of going my adventures in quizzing, as I call them, you know, and reporting on quizzes I took part in, how we got on, and here are some questions we missed, and you might try them, dear reader. At the start of each round, each contestant is given a sheet of paper with 12 questions on. They have 12 minutes to answer those. 
This is the qualifying section for the individual competition. What are you thinking about the individual, Chris? How do you think it's going to go? Well, um, last year I was doing I was doing great at half time individual because I was inside the top thirty, which would be a real achievement for me. But unfortunately, I fell away in the second half. I ended up about fiftieth. But out of a group that was I think about one hundred and eighty people took part last year, so that was I was quite happy with that. So I guess I'll aim for something similar. It's a long, narrow room with high ceiling, brick built on either side, with high windows as well and a wooden floor. Ideal for exam conditions because it's a long, narrow room. So it's easy to have somebody at the one end seeing what's going on and all the focus is on him or her uh, for the answers. How would you describe the expressions on people's faces? Um, deep in concentration. Um, also, there's times when you're frustrated that you think you know the answer and you just can't call it back. And there's a lot of head holding, um, slapping on side of head, etc., etc., and pained expressions. I have seen a number of people biting their nails. There is one man who has a little red reading lamp. It's got a, a bright red shade on it. Um, I don't know if that's going to give him some kind of inspiration or what. John looks a little bit flabbergasted at the questions this round. There's a question about a piece of music from the 19th century about the opening of a cable car in Mount Vesuvius. Now, before I even heard that, I actually knew that answer, which is finiculi finicula. But I feel very cultured at that moment. <laughs> While none of us got to the final 10, uh, bit of minor personal victory. I managed to finish top Irish competitor on uh, 57 points out of 100. Now, mind you, there's a bit of an asterisk beside that because one of our top performers, Larkin, he actually arrived in a bit late for reasons not entirely clear. <laughs> he missed round one, basically. So his score of 50 is um, out of uh, seven rounds instead of eight. So, you know, I think he probably, he would definitely have beaten me if he'd arrived in on time. But uh, as I told him, I'm taking it. <laughs> so, we have a new European champion with 100 points, I'm Ron Swiggers from Belgium. I'm 52 years old, and I'm working at the petroleum company as a logistic manager. Can you prepare for a quiz? Uh, yes, uh, at this level, which is top level, I think everybody's preparing every day. So I'm doing the same. I'm working at uh, about 100 kilometers from where I'm living. So every day I'm spending three hours in the train and every minute of that three hours is spent in uh, reading things or rehearsal of some notes. I reckoned in the end I was doing two hours preparation for every second I sat in the chair. For Pat Gibson, there's no debate over whether you prepare or not. He's from Galway, now living in England, and he won the TV shows Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Mastermind. His specialist subject on the Mastermind final was Father Ted. There's quite a lot of detail in Father Ted because uh, I thought it was wonderful. because It's a very unusual sitcom insofar as it generated as if they had a giant sausage machine. They generated legions of marvellous little priests. At the drop of a hat, more little priests came in with marvellous characteristics, interesting fellows, you know, the, um, the man who uh, kept destroying the furniture. 
asking Ted how much he paid. Cowboys, Ted, cowboys, as he smashed yet another piece of furniture. But just loads and loads of marvellous priests. I thought it was a marvellous show. I kept track of every photograph on every mantelpiece. Jack Charlton and Morris Sellers. I watched the John F. Kennedy portrait move around, the Kandinsky picture. I, looked, I made notes of the price of the LPs in the local shop, the number plates on the sewage truck, the sergeant's van, the blue car they auctioned. I went on and on and on and on and on. A ridiculous excess of firepower was applied to, to Father Ted. It's like breaking a butterfly on a wheel, and I'm proud to say I did it. Can you go back and watch Father Ted now without thinking of Mastermind? Not really. I haven't watched a great deal of Father Ted since. I think, still think it's marvellous. It hasn't kind of gone off or anything for me, but... Um, I don't think you can swat something that intensely for that long. Uh, I, I see the odd episode, and uh, as it comes up, I can predict the lines, what they're going to say next, and I check to see that the paintings are where I expect them to be, and I've got the right priests in the right parish and the right housekeeper. So it's still sort of, I'm still on war footing, quite frankly. For John Nolan, there's also no debate on whether he prepares for quizzes. There are an awful lot of people who go to those events that do study, uh, but I'm not one of them. Why not? I, it's just my way. I've never been. I mean, I look at my own educational past and, you know, I can tell you what I got in the Leaving Cert and I can tell you how many points that worked out as. And I can tell you that there was very little study involved in that. Study, there was nothing. I mean, it was, I happened to go to school every day and I, hap I listened in class and I did the work and it, the knowledge went in and that was it. And there was no cramming real, you know, that's just the way I am. Is John Nolan a winner or a loser? Before I came to this event, I, I couldn't understand why John would get up at 5.30 to go from Roscommon to Liverpool to spend three days holed up at the European Quizzing Championships, groping for answers to ridiculously difficult questions. But by the end of the three days, I realised that John, like the others, didn't come for the questions. I spend a weekend doing a thing like this, I go away with some new friends and some new facts. <laughs> I think for me the number one attraction is they're a good bunch of people. I actually enjoy the company of the people in the quizzing world and without that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sat here now. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I enjoy having a drink or quite a few drinks with the, the people that uh, are part of this quizzing community, there's no way I'd be here now. I wouldn't be doing it just to quiz. And I love it. <laughs> Simply love it, yes. It's fantastic. And to have three days of constant challenge, nothing better. <laughs> when you're a quiz addict, as I admittedly am, and you come here and you meet other quiz addicts, that's the great thing, you know? You know, you always think that the people in the world who are the most sensible are the ones that agree with you on everything. <laughs> Team B, we're back to you. Do you know Out of Twelve Monkeys was Oscar nominated? I've never seen Twelve Monkeys. Nor have I. Oh, well then you won't be getting this, I suppose. Let's then. just throw out a name then. Come on, throw out a Brad name. Pitt. <laughs> what? That gets you the oh best, best answer of the series. Should have yeah. done the lotto. Nice. <laughs>